You will recall that in the war series, we looked at a number of items, including the three important principles that you and I must know as Christians. This year, as we think about changing our stories, we are very much aware that we cannot change our stories in our own abilities. The one who changes the stories of his people is the Lord, Jesus Christ. He is a story changer. He comes into your life and he changes your story. He changes our story from sinner to righteous. He changes our story from sick to healed. He changes our story from oppressed to liberated. That is the God you and I serve. What a blessing. What a blessing. We mentioned, for example, there are five important W's by which we must pay attention to when it comes to changing our story. We talked about changing our story by the word, amen, and also, of course, by our own words, the words we speak. Because the words you speak can be a prison that holds you bound. The Bible says you are ensnared by the words of your mouth. The Bible also says death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat of its fruits. So the words we speak are very necessary and important as Christians. We also did mention another W, which is by our warfare. Warfare. So the warfare series is what we are touching on today. There are five W's, and we'll talk, of, uh, we'll talk about the others uh, later. So let's go straight into it very quickly. I will try and be as brief as possible, of course, as always. <laughs> and so let's go into it. Now remember, we mentioned three important principles. Number one is the Christian must know who your enemy is. Know your enemy. If you are in a warfare, you've got to know your enemy. You've got to know what you're fighting against, number one. Number two, the Christian must know your weapon. What instrument are you using to fight this spiritual battle? You've got to know your weapon. And number three, the Christian must know their strategy. What strategy are you deploying on the battlefield as a warrior of Christ Jesus our Lord? Now, we established that before we even go into knowing your enemy and knowing your weapon and knowing your strategy, there is one important principle which we've got to understand, which is our position in Christ. If you don't know your position in him, then you are going to be fighting a losing battle because the battle, you are not fighting it to win. You are fighting so you can enforce the victory of Christ, the victory that has already been won for you on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years and over ago. That is the victory that we are enforcing in spiritual warfare. And so today, I want us to continue in that same direction. We've talked about knowing your enemy, and we mentioned 11 kinds of the enemies of a Christian through the lens of the scriptures. And then we kick-started by also talking about knowing your weapons. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and the verse number 4, that for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. I would encourage you to go back to the message on this, where we touched on the first weapon of the Christian, which is the weapon of truth. Truth. So let's go back again to that scripture and very quickly you know, go through it so we can go into prayer and approach the communion table as well in this service today. What are these weapons? That's the, the writer of the book of Corinthians 
Apostle Paul talks about. He later writes to the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 6 and the verse number 13 to the verse number 17. And he says, Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Let me read that again. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. So there is a full armor of God we've got to take. So you don't take one armor. You don't take your weaponry very partially. You've got to take the entirety of the weaponry that God has made available to you as a Christian. To be a successful uh, winner on the battleground, you've got to take the entire armory. He says, so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. And we did establish this. That a Christian who is afraid of the wiles of the enemy is a Christian who is a weakling. You've got to walk boldly and not in fear. The Bible says, for God has not given unto us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and the verse number 7. 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 book of Timothy, chapter 1 verse 7. Alright, so in Ephesians 6, 13 to 17, let's continue the reading. He says, and having done everything to stand firm, to stand firm. Verse 14. Stand firm, therefore, having gathered your loins with truth. So, weapon number one is the weapon of truth, which is what you get around your loins. It is like a belt, a belt of truth that holds your garment together. Now, you've got to understand the imagery that Apostle Paul is using here. He's using the imagery of a typical Roman soldier of the then era. The way they dressed, they had this uh, uh, sort of thing that looked like a skirt. And the girdle was what held it together. And that same girdle was able to hold all the various other weapons that hooked upon it so that they can move in speed and attack the enemy. And so the belt of truth is holding everything together. And we established in the last message regarding this that the truth is God's word. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John chapter 14 and the verse number 6. We established this very much in detail in that message. So it says, having gathered your loins with truth. Now, by the way, why is truth a belt? Why is it around your loins? Why is that so? That is the place of reproduction. And God sought it necessary by the Spirit of the Lord as he wrote the scriptures through Apostle Paul that what must be around your place of reproduction is truth. Truth. Why? Jesus says, thou shalt know the truth. John chapter 8 verse 32. And the truth that you know is what shall set you free. It is that same word, it's Hebrew form, it's what is used in the book of Genesis that Adam knew his wife. It is a word that talks about intimate knowledge. Intimate knowledge. And so he is saying the truth that impregnates you is the truth that sets you free. We must learn to interact with God's word to the extent by which we are impregnated by the word of God. Truth around the loins. Truth as a ghetto. Truth as a belt. Truth around the loins of the Christian. And so every Christian to win the battle, you've got to be impregnated by God's word regarding your life. Be impregnated by God's word regarding the situation that you have confronted with. Be impregnated by God's word regarding every situation that challenges you or that comes into your life. 
Let the word of God be that which comes out of you. If you take a sponge and you put a sponge in water, when you pick that same sponge out and you squeeze it, what comes out is water, isn't it? Similarly, if you take a Christian who is impregnated by the word, every fiber of your being is impregnated by God's word. When you are confronted by any situation that tries to squeeze you, what comes out is the word of God that comes against such a situation. When the enemy confronted Jesus in the wilderness, in, Mark, in Matthew chapter 4, and also in the book of Luke chapter 4, the same story is repeated over there. When he was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy, as the Bible puts it, the Bible says when the enemy came, Jesus said, it is written. He counted every argument of Satan by it is written by the word of God. And so God's word is truth, which must be a girdle around your loins as a Christian. Truth sets free. Oh, what a blessing. In the same verse, number 14, the Bible says, And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. So another weapon, weapon number two, is called the breastplate of righteousness. I want to touch on that one today, very quickly, and then we shall close. I'll be very brief, as I said. The breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, other versions say, with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Then the Bible says in verse 16, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Uh, God's word is a sword. How many know that? (laughs) God's word is a sword. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and the verse number 12, uh, the word of the Lord is active and powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting asunder soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a designer of the intents of the heart. So God's word is a two-edged sword. It's a very sharp sword that cuts both ways. It is a deep sword, a strong sword. And so if you carry the sword of the spirit in your arms, in your hands, as a child of the king of kings, as a child of the mighty warrior, who is called Jehovah Sabaoth, who is the Lord most high, he is the one who empowers you with the sword, with his armory. And he says, go and fight and be victorious as a Christian. You want to hold that sword in strength. You want to hold that sword. And the Bible says that sword is the word of God. One of the W's we talked about in changing the story is the word of God, which is the sword. Yes, so we'll be coming back to that in another message. Alright, so let's today let's talk about the breastplate of righteousness very quickly. We've talked about truth already in the last message where we ended this series. Let's talk about the breastplate of righteousness. Now you've got to be assured when we talk about righteousness, the breastplate, the breastplate uh, you know, I wanted to picture this, yes, put this in your mind. It's like a plate around Diagonally, it is covering your chest area. It's a, a you know sort of a breastplate. It signifies who you are. It identifies you. So I don't know how many of you sometimes uh, see you know when uh, they are doing special programs. Uh, you would have ushers, ushers who would have some kind of a, a strap around their shoulder to you know to their waistline. It is sort of uh, then they write on it very boldly, usher. 
or you know something of that nature. It identifies who they are. Now, so imagine that you as a Christian, God says one of the weapons is given unto you is called the breastplate of righteousness. A plate covering your entire chest area all the way to your loins, which is righteousness. And that, the Bible says, is your weapon. <laughs> Let me stress that again. Your weapon is your righteousness. Your breastplate of righteousness. It is your weapon. So to defeat the enemy, you've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Okay. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means you've got to be assured of your right standing with God. It means you've got to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You've got to know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. If you don't know who you are as a Christian warrior, you are going to become you know, a victim to all the wiles of the enemy. The devil is always roaring about, you know, like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And those that he devours are those who do not know their identity in Christ. I need you to understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You've got to wear it as a big breastplate and walk boldly in it. That I am the righteousness of Christ, of God in Christ. Oh, please declare after me. I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus, my Lord. How do I know? If it is not supported by the word, chuck it in the bin, as we always say, isn't it? So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and the verse number 21. You all know it's one of my favorite scriptures, which many of you can recite of head. The Bible says over there, that for he hath made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So it is a kind of righteousness that is in Christ Jesus, not of our own righteousness. It is a righteousness that is imputed unto you and unto me. Why? Because of the work that Jesus did for you and for me on the cross of Calvary. And so for anyone listening to this message, wherever you are in the world, if you don't have Jesus in your life, then you are not, as plainly as the scripture puts it, you are not therefore the righteousness of God in him. You've got to make a decision today to make Jesus your Savior and your Lord. That becomes your weapon against the devil. Because your righteousness in Christ is your weapon. It's your weapon. When uh, nations brag about their special arsenals, they talk about nuclear weaponry. Because everyone is, is afraid of nuclear weapons because of its devastating effect. They are afraid of, of of, you know, cluster bombs because of their devastating effects. They are afraid of all kinds of missiles that are able to carry nuclear heads because of their devastating effect. A nuclear bomb can destroy an entire city. An entire city. And so people are scared of nuclear weaponry. Well, I've got bad news. Nuclear weapons can defeat the devil. Nuclear weapons can defeat Satan. Nuclear weapons cannot defeat the evil one that is in the realm of the spirit. Because the Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds and the, and the kind of warfare we are involved in, they are not carnal warfare. It is spiritual warfare. So no amount of nuclear arsenal can defeat the devil. What defeats him? One of the weapons that defeats him, as we have seen in scripture, is your breastplate of righteousness as a Christian. 
You've got to walk in that righteousness. You've got to walk in that boldness as a believer. In this year for a story to change, you've got to walk boldly as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is your weapon. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Christian is a new creation upon the earth. Your spirit is a regenerated spirit. You are now seen through the lens of the blood of Christ Jesus that pays away your sins. And so God sees you differently. He sees you as a righteousness of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We did mention before and I've taught you this. How that the book of Ephesians, for example, states very clearly who we are in Christ. Especially the first three chapters. You know, the book of Ephesians, you can see it almost divided into two parts. And the word that divides the first part and the second part is the word Amen. <laughs> and the first three chapters talk about the, the, the position of the Christian. Your positioning in Christ. Your positioning in God. So if you want to know who you are as a believer, you've got to read Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 2, and Ephesians chapter 3. It tells you who you are in Christ. Then if you want to know how you walk in him, you have to read Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5. Because those two chapters tell you how you walk in him. And if you want to know how you stand in him, how you stand in him as a warrior, you've got to read Ephesians chapter 6. Because chapter 6 then tells you how you stand firm. How do you stand? By carrying the weapons. The weapons as a warrior. One of them we talked about the weapon of truth, the girdle of truth. The second one we are talking about today is the breastplate of righteousness. That is your weapon. In Galatians chapter 2 and the verse number 20, one of my favorite you know, verses in the Bible. Paul says, for I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Then he continues and says, And the life which I now live in the flesh, how do I live? He says, I live this life in the flesh by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so the life we live today is not a life of our own. We live it by the faith of Christ Jesus. We live that life by the faith of Christ Jesus. And by faith in him, God declares you righteous. Many a Christian think they are sinners. If you have that sinful mentality, you cannot defeat the devil. You've got to walk boldly in the righteousness that is imputed unto you. Not by your own works, but by the work of Christ Jesus on your behalf. And therefore Paul says in verse 21 of the book of Galatians chapter 2, he says, therefore I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died indeed in vain. And so righteousness came not by the law, but by Christ Jesus our Lord. What does the scripture say? Romans chapter 4 verse 3. Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for what? Righteousness. It was credited to his account as righteous. How was that credited to his account? It was credited to his account by his belief, by his faith. By his faith. And you and I today, by our faith in Christ Jesus, the breastplate of righteousness is granted unto you. 
and you've got to walk in it. This is one of the fundamental doctrines of the Christian gospel. And we've got to know this. It's got to be embedded in us. It's got to be embedded in us. I went to a certain church recently and I asked everyone, how many of you here believe you are righteous? Can I see by hand? And nobody put their hand up. I felt sad in my spirit. The Christian must know that you are righteous. Because many a time we use the word righteous, we think about our own inadequacies. We think about our own, you know, infirmities, so to say. We think about our own, you know, weaknesses and so on and so forth. But when we talk about righteousness in the theological term, in the biblical sense, we are thinking about righteousness as God's imputed righteousness. Because Jesus has paid a price for you. And that breastplate of righteousness is your weapon. And so if you want to be a very successful warrior in the kingdom of our Lord, you have to walk as the righteousness of God in Christ. You don't walk in habitual sin, obviously. Because he that is righteous does not live in sin anymore. Are you with me? So you walk in boldness as the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Please rise up with me as we get ready to go before the Lord in the communion. If you are listening to me wherever you are in the world, you want to give your love to Jesus. To receive this offer of his righteousness. To receive this imputed righteousness. You want to make a decision for Christ today because you do not know the hour and the time when your time shall be up and you'll be called up yonder. Old leaves fall from a tree and green leaves also fall. You are not younger or older. You are able to give your life to Christ now. Now is the time. The Bible says if you hear his voice now, harden not your heart. If you hear his voice now, harden not your heart. To give your life to Jesus is very simple. And I wanted to Declare this prayer after me. And everyone, let's all declare this together. In the name of Jesus, Father, I come before you. I recognize I cannot save myself. Forgive me my sin. From today, I know and I recognize. And I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for my sake. On the third day, you raised him up from the dead. So that when I trust in Jesus, I also rise into newness of life. And from today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I turn away and I repent from my old ways. I repent from my sinful life and I declare I belong to Jesus Christ my Lord. I declare I am righteous. I declare I am righteous. I declare I am righteous because of Jesus Christ who paid the price for me. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name.